from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Happy Monday, everybody. We appreciate you listening to the G and Ursula Show. Good morning, Ursula. Good morning, G. Another packed hour for you coming up at 1130. Uh, listen up. to uh, This is for parents who have kids in sports. If you have a kid who is participating in the same sport year-round, we're going to tell you what doctors are saying now about that and what they're calling a growing epidemic. So a bunch of kids are playing sports, but apparently a bunch of kids are burning out as well. So we'll have that discussion coming up at 1130. As always, we invite you to join us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476, cairo One of the reasons this Monday is just flying on by is because all of you are so engaged in the show today. Our text line has been humming today. Uh, that last discussion we had, thank you to the listener who sent us that scenario about voting. Everyone's weighing in on how they vote in their household. I'm glad you brought that up. Today's text line today, I mean, I am. I find myself learning yes. today. Like you guys that are texting in, you guys are bringing the heat. So what's in your coffee? That's what I want to know. You got something in your coffee. I got straight black coffee. You got a little, you got a little, you got a little in there, you know, something. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's get to it. Agree to disagree. Brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. What could go wrong when fans storm the court? Uh, gee, over the weekend, Ohio State, uh, their women's basketball team upset number two, Iowa. Um, headed by Caitlin Clark, the, the women's basketball phenom, 192 in overtime. And fans from Ohio State, in jubilation, joy, absolute happiness, rushed onto the court. One of them knocked Caitlin Clark to the floor. She appeared to be injured, had to be helped off. And you have said before that we should get away or we should do away with this. What, what is your case for getting rid of this longstanding tradition in college it's sports? It's just the dumbest thing in the world. Stop it. In this case, it was a gal that came down from the stands, Ursula, and she has her oh, cell watched. phone uh, mm-hmm. trying to video and she runs into Caitlin Clark. Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for something really bad? If you guys that are listening right now, you guys remember, uh, I think it was maybe 25 years ago. Remember the tennis player got stabbed? Remember that? Uh, Monica Sellis. Monica Sellis. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that was her name, but I was like, no, there's no way that's her name. Yes. I just think that it is bad. We need to get rid of that behavior. I'm not talking about for criminal situation, even for celebrations. Things can go wrong. I've always thought it was juvenile. I also think it's juvenile when people are outside the stadium, down the street, your team just won it all, and you're burning couches. That's the dumbest thing in the world. Stop this madness of people rushing the field or the court. It is never going to be good. I hate it. I despise it. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you because when you say it's never going to be good, the last game I went to at Husky Stadium. Yeah. Okay, granted I'm a duck and granted the Ducks lost and it was a very close game. But I had tears in my eyes when I saw the field just taken over by Husky fans. I'm not down with the let's start trashing, you know, whether it's a, 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 on a basketball court, you know, taking down the hoops or or take, you know, trashing anything or hurting people, but I feel like it is part a, a, a 
part of a beautiful tradition, as long as people don't get hurt, where there is this big, giant celebration. Those are the memories that you're going to have. I mean, I will that that's an indelible memory. I will always remember that field just filled with purple, people jumping up and down. And I mean, I actually got a very emotional. I stayed late at that game, even though, again, the team I was kind of rooting for lost. Mm-hmm. It was just so fu- you know. It was the same feeling that I get when I watch a parade. I told you, it brings mm. tears to my eyes. Yeah. There's so much joy. I can't stand it. <laughs> Gee, you said it's juvenile. This is, this is college, man. Like being juvenile. This is the last area of our life where we can be juvenile, aside from occasionally on the radio on this show. You and I can do that. Um, I, I don't see why we have to get away, do away with it. How many times have people been injured before? With this happening, I've heard it happening to Caitlin, Mm -hmm. and she's actually fine. She just got the wind knocked out of her. The idea that we need to get rid of everything fun in the society because of the liability issue. Oh, our church can't house the homeless because it's a liability issue. Oh, we can't we can't let kids on our property to jump on our trampoline because it's a liability issue. Come on, man. Like, nobody's gotten hurt. This is college. Like, I guess if we're going to kill all of the traditions of college athletics, might as well do away with this one, too. Yeah. Yeah? It's juvenile. Juvenile. <laughs> all right. It's get rid not. of it. It's a beautiful thing. And they just need to get be done with the, you know, tearing down of the goalposts. That's what I was... Oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. ask you. You like no. the goalposts? No, no, no. Yeah, just- that's... Yeah, that's juvenile. That's that's a little rough. Yeah, or you know, burning cars down and that—that's not a celebration. That at that, that point is vandalism. Okay, I wanted to head down to Leveland, Texas, uh, where a news story caught my eye. There's this second-grade girl who's on a mission to help the homeless in her community. Hey guys, I just wanted to do something for my heart. I wanted to make little goodie bags for the homeless, deodorant, a toothpaste, toothbrush, a blanket, and some socks. If y'all can please sponsor me, that would be great. Thank you. So, so Davini Haramillo, she wanted to put together these care bags for homeless people. And how much she, uh, she raised? She put out a call for help just to help put together the bags. And so people donated enough for her to get about 200 bags for the homeless. She went and visited a local shelter, passed them all out to folks there. She used all of her own uh, allowance money first. And then since there were bags left over, she went to a local church, which is hosting a soup kitchen, passed out the rest of the bags. She tells her mom now, I want to expand what we're doing. I want to be able to cook food for them. You know, go, go join the soup kitchen efforts as well. I love it. And I had a very specific reaction to this, but I, I'm just going to ask you, is this like good news story, complicated? How do you feel? So far is good news. Okay. All right. I don't I don't I don't see a, a problem with it at all. Right. I was thought that more into the story. I thought it was going to be like, hey, she wanted she got 200 bags and she raised fifty thousand dollars for 200 bags. Like, oh, OK, that was fun. The 200 bags. Let's do that again. So we raised another fifty thousand dollars for 200 bags. Because all of Ursula, a sudden, mama's got a Bentley. Right. You know what I mean? Because. I said it before, and I'll say it again. And Ursula, you know we talk about this off the record. We talk about it off the air. Here's my biggest problem with all of this. If I ask you, Ursula, for 10 bucks, I take your 10 bucks and I say, thank you. I'm getting ready to go and help 
some people that are unhoused. I take one dollar and I go and help the unhoused and I keep nine. And then I come back to you and I say, Ursula, you wouldn't believe what I was able to do. Can you do it again and again and again and again? And so after 10 times, I've given ten dollars, but I've got some good money because of it. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. You know, the, the number of foundations that have been created these days and you're sometimes asking yourself, is this foundation to really help the people that they say they're intending to help? Or mm-hmm. is it to be a tax write-off for the people who've created the foundations or whatever it is? Right. I get it. And you can get jaded. But in the case like with this kid, I'm good. I love these stories. I'm, I love this one. I love these stories. If the only thing that happens is that um, more people are motivated to think about how they can help in their community. I mean, this is a young girl who's learning very at a very early age uh, to be empathetic, to think beyond herself. Mm. I love it. I don't see a, a negative. No. I... Oh, maybe the negative would be that we have a situation where a kid would have to raise money for the homeless right. or that there's still so many people living out in tents along the freeway. So, okay, this is the cynical part. Before you move on, Chef, yep. this is the cynical part of me, y'all. Have you ever been out there at the grocery stores out and about, and you seen the little ones come. Would you like to buy some candy? Right? You seen you like, like the, Girl Scouts? No, I'm not talking Girl Scouts. I'm talking about the candy. Like you guys can buy some chocolate. You know, mm. buy some candy, and then you go ahead and you give them the money. And meanwhile, you see an adult. You know, you know, over there waiting. There's hustles now. Now I, I know I'm a yeah. little cynical, and I know you guys are probably mad at me, but I'm just telling y'all, I've seen a lot of hustles in my town. Yeah, and one but- of the easiest ways. To hustle is a put a little cute little yeah. gal or little little man right there. And would you really, would you like to support me? And you're like, oh, take my money. That's yeah. not the situation here. Apparently, I guess what just struck me last night was this this town, uh, Leveland, Texas. It's a population of like twelve thousand eight hundred. It's North Texas. It's near Lubbock. And I just realized last night I have probably had thirty. 50 conversations with Matthew about homelessness at this point in his life. He is seven years old. I would love to take him to do stuff exactly like this. Mm -hmm. There are kids that do this all over the country right now. And I realized growing up, I didn't think about this once. I did not think about homelessness once. Mm -hmm. I think I recall like going to the kingdom and seeing tuba man and asking my dad what was up with Tuba Man and the guy with the open case who was collecting change and why he would need to open his case up to earn money playing music on the street. And this is like one of those stories for me where, you know, there's the guy who walks 10 miles each way to his work every day and the community gets together and buys him a car and we cheer for it, right? Like, what a wonderful thing. But the, the, the subtext underneath is that there is no infrastructure for a hardworking person to be able to get themselves to work in a community that does not have public transportation. Or in a town of Leveland, Texas, mm-hmm. 12,800 people right. in an affordable housing area where there's still a critical need for homelessness services to the point where a second grader is donating her allowance it, it, it like deeply wounds me mm-hmm. to know that we've come to a point like that in this country yeah. and yet at the same time also be inspired by a little kid who sees a need and won't be told no. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think it's just how you look at life. You look at it half full, half empty. And in this case, I, I think just to protect my mental health. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I look at the fact that a little girl has taken it upon herself to do something. Uh, speaking of glass, half full, half empty. If you're looking for uh, a little glass of milk with a cookie here, Ursula, <laughs> the Seattle Times has a perfect oatmeal cookie recipe for the raisin haters out there. Apparently raisins conjure some strong feelings in folks. They recommend a dab of blueberry jam in place of the raisins. Oh, yeah. So, Ursula, your feelings on raisins, do they ever belong in cookies? No. No. Raisins are the thing that will ruin a cookie for me. If there are raisins in a cookie, those cookies will stay exactly where they've been placed and they will not move. They will become hockey pucks. Right. (laughs) Raisins are a sad excuse for... (laughs) An addition to anything. Like, what are raisins good for? Come on, Laura. <laughs> I got to tell you. What has been enhanced by adding a raisin? You know what, Ursula? <laughs> Am I missing have you, something? Have you have you guys ever made fun of something? Potato salad. Have you ever, Potato salad? I, That's exactly where a raisin does not belong. Have you ever made fun of something in front of people? <laughs> I have made fun of people, all of y'all, the, you know, uh, the potlucks, and you just guys just want to put raisins in everything. You just <laughs> mess it up. And I, I don't know what that's been about, right? It's been, it's chef, your delegation, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, <laughs> I stand corrected. What, I am what, what all did you about eat? the raisins. That's because now you're eating oatmeal. And you're desperate for something sweet. So raisins go in there. Raisin, raisin bran is you good. Ta- you, I'll take again, raisins and some cookies. I'll take that. The it, raisin bran without the raisins would just be like eating dust. And I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ursula, you know what I'm saying? Look, 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 trail mix. Mm-hmm. Throw some raisins again, in there, right? Again, it's out of desperation. I'm not. It, it, look, I hope you guys don't. You know, bring this back on me because this could be a sound bite. Here you go. I'm actually for raisins in potato salad now. No way. It's no not way. bad. Okay. It's not bad. I'm telling you, for all of the people that want to hate on raisins, keep it a buck. Raisins ain't that bad. Ursula, you asked what raisins are good for. Yeah. Well, for the last 10,000 years of human existence, (laughs) before we had this thing called processed sugar, raisins were pretty much the best thing going. (laughs) It was a sweet little delicious package of calories that could be dried and portably carried around with you. It was dessert, like raisins and honey, the best things on planet Earth. And now we have so much sugar in our diet, we're like, raisins, those are garbage. Who eats those things? (laughs) Next, you're going to tell me that I should like Fig Newtons, too. Hey! Hey! I like it. The seeds, they got a little pop in them, you know? It's like caviar of fruit. I'll tell you what I'm not ready for, that when I was younger, I couldn't understand why it was in the fridge in the first place. I'm not ready for prune juice. <laughs> now, I don't know if some of my brothers and sisters got prune juice, but some of some of our parents used to just keep prune juice, juice in the fridge. Yeah. And they used to yeah, always be in there. Yeah, there's a reason. That's medicinal. Yeah. You, you, you I, know. Might, <laughs> I know. You might not you might like it, but some people later. need it. I know. <laughs> Brian in Bellevue says oatmeal raisin cookies. They are delicious. Come on now. Don't come at my cookies. Don't be hating on the raisins. My favorite, yes. my favorite bagel is a cinnamon raisin bagel. Oh, Those yeah. Delicious. Oh, my gosh. See, cinnamon, yeah.
I mean, come on. I guarantee you, if I put a dozen bagels out there, the last one to go would be that cinnamon raisin. Bagel. Big facts. Yes. How Big about facts. cinnamon rolls? Again, why ruin a perfectly good cinnamon roll? <laughs> kind of agree with you there. You know what, Ursula? I think you are in a minority on this topic. Everybody is, is texting in saying they like raisins. Uh-huh. Okay, carrot cake, raisins. Okay. <laughs> right? See, there, there we go. There might be that exception. Okay, so <laughs> apparently right now there's a study about youth sports and young kids are burning out. Ursula is going to give us the reasons as why people are burning out. I have one very simple reason, and I've been trying to tell y'all this for a long time, why people are burning out. And it's real simple. I'll tell you what that is next. Jenna Ursula. and Ursula show and we sure appreciate when you join us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. A lot of people are taking issue with the fact that I'm not a big raisin fan but there are some folks who agree with me so thank you for that. But right now we want to talk about sports and I think most people would agree that having kids in organized sports is a good thing. However, When does a good thing become a bad thing? When does it go too far? These days, more than 60 million kids take part in organized sports, but about 70% get out of the game by the time they turn 13. Why? Because of injuries and burnout. A new American Academy of Pediatrics report looks at overuse injuries, overtraining, and burnout in young athletes. Pain is your body's indication of telling you to take it easy, to slow down, to allow these micro injuries to heal. Rest is best, listen to your body, and stretch, stretch, stretch. Dr. James Barcy with Stony Brook Children's Hospital says kids who overtrain can develop overuse injuries because growing bones can be more vulnerable to stress injuries. And doctors are also saying that taking part in one sport year-round can be detrimental. They actually try to discourage that. I did some interviews. I I did a bunch of stories for a series on concussions uh, years back, Mm -hmm. and I talked to some uh, pediatric specialists at Seattle Children's Hospital, Mm -hmm. and they said the same thing. It's like it's these repetition injuries and these these sports that a lot of young people are doing at a younger and younger age and then specializing in them very early. And sometimes that specialization can uh, end up with lots of injuries and burnout. The kids just don't want it anymore mm-hmm. at a very young age. I'd love to hear because this is like right in your wheelhouse. Sure um, what? How did you determine or how did your kids determine what they were going to do? What did you support them in? And, and at what point like did baby G decide I'm focusing on football? I think his finally, it finally became apparent he was focusing on football when he was a freshman in high school. When he went out on the national circuit, was doing some tournaments, and it was apparent like, "Uh oh, I think he might actually go and play in college." That's when it became specialized. But here's a first. Let's start at the very top of what our problem is in youth sports. 
there's so much money in it. <laughs> that is that is first the problem, yes. right? Um, this specialized stuff, and if you're listening right now, whether it is basketball or volleyball or seven on seven or whatever the case might be, it is ridiculous. As a matter of fact, one of my buddies coaches for uh, seven on seven, and they had a tournament this weekend uh, down south. Not only do you obviously pay to for your child to be a part of the team, and then the team pays to get in the tournament, and then you pay for admissions to go see your child at the park. They were charging for parking now. Oh, right. They're charging. There's so much money in yeah. youth sports, and so they're telling Ursula. They're telling your hey, Ursula. You know, in order for your son to get to the next level, they're gonna. That's have what to- I want to ask you about. Yeah, they're gonna have to work, and you know, they, you know, you need to be around the talent, and you you need exposure. And I have a I have a message for all parents out there. Talent is like cream and coffee. No rises matter what, top, it's right? gonna rise to the top. No and matter you, what. Would you agree with this statement that having your kids in these elite teams or specialized teams or something outside of their already organized sport, whether you know it's it, it, at the school level? Does not necessarily increase their chance of playing no. college level no. sports. No, because you can't deny God giving talent. I'm not trying to bring the man's name up into this discussion, but okay. you just know yeah. when someone has it, yes. right? Like it is just like it's yes. like, oh my goodness, yeah. little Steve is really good. Yeah. Like you can't even deny it, right? I, th- I think there are a lot of young kids and parents who are either duped. Or like maybe um, have these grandiose ideas of what could happen to their kids by sticking them in, the, in into all these different things, specializing really early, mm. and then you know they end up getting burned out. I mean, I saw it a lot. I saw it a lot with my kids, you know, through middle school and through high school. I mean, frankly, um, both our boys were very athletic. Mm-hmm. But they had a big say in terms of what they were going to do and how much they wanted to do it. Uh, we we could only push them so far. I mean, my youngest son, mm-hmm. I think he could have gone on possibly to play college baseball. Mm-hmm. By uh, ninth grade, he was not interested. Can I? I want to share. I'll just share this last part, and I'll tell you the part where I did some bad parenting. When my son was in eighth grade, he messed up his finger playing because a ball hit his finger and it kind of made it crooked right and just like oh okay well yeah you know just toughen that up you know what i mean tape that up and and do what your dad did years ago (laughs) i see your fingers still crooked by by taping it up my son obviously is in college right now and that finger is still crooked right as a parent i should have said no you're not going to compete you're going to go and get this fixed yeah. Eighth grade, you get that done. I'm trying to tell you and say to this, a lot of us parents, sometimes we make the mistake of little Joey, little Sarah, you, you just tough that out. You could, you could keep playing. And then by the time they get to high school, little Sarah's knee is messed up from overuse. Uh, Tommy's arm is is hurt because he's been pitching uh, oh, since yeah. he was five years old, right? And now here he is, even though there's a lot of rules to protect kids from pitching, but he's been a pitcher. So by the time he's a sophomore in high school, Chef, his arm is just absolutely yeah. obliterated because of that. Overuse of body parts. Like some kids, 
Look, you're not supposed to play a hundred basketball games in a season as a fourth and fifth grader. Yeah. That's what's happening these days. You're, and then you're all of the things you're missing out on. You're going to practice throughout the week, three three nights a week for practice, and then you got games all weekend long. I'm speaking this way because I know you parents know what I'm talking about. And then you wonder why come 13, 14, if they take one little small break, they get an opportunity to go hang out with friends that are like, oh, I'm done. I never want to do this ever again. So it's burnout, but it's all because of money. There's a flip side to that, too, for the kids that aren't the superstars, for oh, the yes. kids who aren't doing the select sports. And the reason why so many kids are dropping out is because they're built. Sports are built for the elite athletes at younger and younger ages. When you have parents who will hire a private soccer coach for a seven-year-old, how many sports can you go into right now in high school having never played and ever be able to try and make it on the team. I, I can think of maybe three, and that'd be cross-country, wrestling, and track. The rest of them, most kids, if you haven't started them by third grade, yeah. if you haven't started them by second grade, it's too late. Okay. Don't even don't even bother. So by the time, you know, 11, 12 years old, the kids know, oh, this isn't for you if you're not one of the best. And how sad is that? And that, that really kind of eliminates a lot of people because it costs a lot to do yeah. those elite sports or those specialized training camps, right? Yeah. Unless you're lucky enough to get a scholarship because they see your God-given talent. <laughs> My son has been going year-round, like, with everything. But, like, the last time he's had a break where he's had, like, let's just say two months off and not be not doing anything the last time that was was uh 7th grade wow cuz he was doing basketball a lot of basketball during that time in in an off season no i'm sorry 6th grade so it's rough and then the other side of those is and what happens if they don't get the scholarship and all that kind of stuff then you're like uh all right good show today wow these topics have been really cooking today ursula coming up next your text messages feedback and then we'll have words to live by let's see what ursula has for us it's jen ursula sitting here talking about how fast this show has gone and if you've been listening the entire time i know you could agree yeah it's gone fast crazy okay we have a bunch of your feedback so let's get going should police be able to lie to suspects that is uh, something that amanda knox uh who well you know her story so she's one of the ones that was testifying and she wants uh, that to go away in terms of uh, police interrogations Rachel says well this might work on catching criminals but I think coercing confessions from people who are here in the US innocent until proven guilty is a criminal practice 253 says we have criminals that are lying how come we can't bend it stretch bend it stretch questions to lead those who are guilty to tell the truth 
Destiny says, I think in this day and age, if the police can't find evidence, which has technologically advanced so far from the 70s, DNA, cameras everywhere, etc., then it's over. Lying by police should not be allowed. Nick says, some people are too dumb, straight up, to know to ask for a lawyer. They should have equal protections despite their disadvantage. On scenarios, one of our listeners texted us about a friend who voted for her boyfriend and had him sign the ballot. Julie says, my dad absolutely told me who I should vote for. (laughs) 360 says, my husband has me fill out his ballot all the time. He doesn't really care, and he knows that I research everything and try to make the best decisions for our family. He signs the ballot after reviewing it. Uh, uh, Anonymous in the 360 says, we're guilty. Ooh. I fill out both ballots and she signs, mostly because she has zero interest in politics and we're 99% on the same page when it comes to any issue. So here's what I learned today. (laughs) I learned that this show really is a family because, boy, (laughs) some of y'all admitting to some of this stuff, I'm like, hmm. (laughs) I just wouldn't share that with a whole lot of people. (laughs) And the other thing, too, is I would just encourage you to make sure that... The person, yeah, the person not, who is signing yeah. knows what they're signing. Yeah. Uh, G admits he used to ring neighbors' doorbells and run away. 425 says, ah, the old ding-dong ditch, G. I grew up in Glen Ellen. Uh, I grew up in Glen Ellen, graduated in 1986. We did that, too, as kids. Maybe it's a Midwest thing. You know, it's funny, Ursula, my good buddy, may he rest in peace. I told him about those kind of things. He says, well, you know, Scott. We didn't call it Ding Dong Ditch. I said, what'd you call it? Oh, you don't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Paul in the 253 wants to know if I've ever played Ding Dong Ditch. Yeah. Uh, No. And the answer is... (laughs) (laughs) You should have known that answer, though. Uh, The other thing I've never done is TP someone's house. Never did that. Oh, now that's a big time Midwest thing. And boy... I can't admit to that because I have young listeners listening. Uh, let's see here. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos made $8 million an hour last year. Is that immoral? Fernando in Seattle says, if it's taxable income, yes, it's obscene. If it's because the stock prices went up, then no. Stock prices are what someone is willing to pay at this moment. 425 says it should be criminal for a person's millions to grow while they have any employees on food stamps or Section 8. They are capable of paying employees a livable wage, but instead they line their pockets while every other taxpayer subsidizes these basic needs. 206 says, hey, G, I like your idea about taxing anything over $1 billion at a high percent. We had something very similar to that in the 50s and 60s, and because of it, wealth was spread around much more evenly. I personally don't think we should have a system that allows billionaires at all. Do they really work that much harder than the rest of us? Of course they do. 206 says, I like the verse in the Bible that says, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. Mm, Raisins. (laughs) Robin Pialop says, Ursula, who hurt you? There is nothing like a warm oatmeal and raisin cookie. Rob and Pialop, you know what's even better than a warm oatmeal and raisin cookie? What? A warm oatmeal and chocolate chip cookie. Don't ruin the cookie with a raisin. Come on. (laughs) Chris in the 206 says, no raisins. I'm with Ursula. Uh, 360, I'm a raisin hater. Uh, 360, Ursula, I agree with you. Keep raisins out of food. (laughs) 
<laughs> Donna Lacey says raisins only belong in raisin brand, nothing else. Even raisins alone are gross, but cran raisins and cinnamon rolls or oatmeal cookies, yum. Uh, okay, Paul in 253 says raisins are for the children of dentists. <laughs> All right, Ursula, it's time for Words to Live By, brought to you by Wilcox Farms. And this is a quote from Michael Josephson, who says, Life does not have to be perfect to be wonderful. You don't need everything that you want to be happy. You only need to know how to appreciate what it is that you do have. And on that note, I want to say that I appreciate all of you and... As hard as 2023 was, I am a very blessed person, and I just look forward to what is in store in 2024. Mm, good stuff, Ursula. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good, good words to live by, too. Mm-hmm. Brother Nick, well, how much is too much to make for an hour's worth of work? Well, for Jeffrey Bookman Bezos, there's no limit for his perks with a near $8 million in his pocket 60 minutes later, while we see that as a lifetime fortune making our days greater. But don't question Bezos and his drive for earning all his keep. After all, he keeps his wages and those taxes pretty cheap. <laughs> Now, I can't make any guarantees we'll reach that hourly weight in our work, but I know we'll still be able to afford some raisins as a perk. Maybe throw them in some some potato salad, maybe some cookies. Who knows? You know, Jeff Bezos gets brought up a lot on this show. Um, Just for the record, Hmm. let's make sure that we have just an open invitation. Jeff, if you're listening, anytime you want to come on the show, you are welcome to come on. (laughs) Jeff, will you work on that interview, please? Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to get about the same responses as I got from all the girls in high school I used to ask out. Just <laughs> <laughs> a sliver of hope. Crickets. <laughs> Chef, they used to turn you down. What? They used to turn you down in high school. Wait, I didn't mean to laugh so hard, but just the way. G is shocked by the fact that anyone would get turned down. He's like, that never happened to me. I don't understand. Oh, no, no, no I disagree. You know, there was a. There was a time. There was one. I went to. No, no, no. Come on now. High school? No. But after high school, yes. Nick? They just didn't know what they were missing. That's right, Chef. They did not know what they was missing. True. Gabby lucked out, baby. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Hey, thanks, Ursula. Good Thank show you. today. What you going to do the rest of the day, Ursula? Uh, I've got a doctor's appointment and an eyelash appointment. Oh, if yeah, you really yeah, want to know. Yeah, get them lashes. <laughs> I always like to ask. Thanks, Ursula. Thanks, Chef. Thank, Thank you. you, Nick. The Jack and Spike Show coming up next. Stick around for that. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you had as much fun as we had. So long, everybody.